Hi and welcome to the Bundesliga edition on Tete Tete by Fresco Media and I have with me Shreyas Krishnaswamy here. How are you doing? Guten Morgen. <laughs> Guten Morgen. The only German I know is Ainge because clearly that's the only thing that matters in the Bundesliga. Coming first. <laughs> I mean, my God. Uh, so yeah, coming on to the big bad in Bundesliga. Bayern Munich, the most successful team in Bundesliga history. And the European champions. Of course, they just won the treble. And uh, I think uh, Bundesliga this t- this calendar year has taken a very prominent role, of course, with the fact that the pandemic had affected football worldwide. But Bundesliga, interestingly, were the first ones to restart. And I think that was a very crucial part for football's near future. And because of the fact that the Bundesliga restart was a phenomenal success, solely due to the fact that not a single game after restart by Bundesliga was disrupted by uh first by too many players in a team getting covid or uh staff members getting covid i think it was a phenomenal success and it paved the way for other restarts to happen like the premier league la liga syria and i think that was very very crucial for this year in order for football to finish on a high because a lot of people i don't know if they realize this is that if the premier league for example did not finish their season they would have had to pay back a lot of money to the broadcasters and that would have taken a big chunk of their revenue this year so as it is there's been a financial impact in football the financial impact might have been much more severe if that were to have happened i agree with you i agree with you in the sense that the bundesliga coming back on the 16th of may this year was a fantastic bit of news for the world of football and it it just gave footballers clubs fans the hope that football football would be back in full strength or at least in some sense after the uh, enforced covid lockdown um in terms of how it is almost become a pioneer in that sense the bundesliga in terms of how clubs work and how the leagues have restarted of course the decision to restart the bundesliga again wasn't just because they had to finish the bundesliga it was more because of financial reasons and you know clubs being very dependent on uh, commercial revenue like we'll come on to with the 50 plus 1 rule um the the model that the clubs in the bundesliga play with is a lot more dependent on revenue than you you could say the premier league or la liga and so on so um so, it, so when it, you say fan revenue i mean when you say revenue are you talking about in terms of like fans when it comes to the tickets that the yeah, fans of course, buy yeah of course gate receipts yeah. matter a lot i mean of course gate receipts matter and for all for some bundesliga clubs like for example freiburg and werder bremen these aren't clubs that are you know big enough to command a lot of commercial revenue So for them gate yeah. receipts are all the more important. And yes. for clubs like this of course they uh, the Bundesliga and the DFB which is the German Football Association um organized a fund that would help these clubs through the crisis even the second and third divisions. Um but of course overall it was great that Bundesliga was the first league to come back in the middle of May. Of course once the restart had happened we all know what happened. I guess it was a relatively tight title race this year compared to the last two years where you could say by munich ran away with it even last year with niko kovac i think they performed better under niko kovac in the 2018 19 season than the 2019 20 season we all know what happened hansi flick took over and uh, yeah it was hansi flick i think uh, revolutionized this team they had he had an immediate impact in the team and we know what way they went on to achieve this season they won the treble they won the uh, of course they won the champions league final against psg and uh, this season borussia dortmund and rb leipzig put the most amount of pressure on bayern munich in the title race 
but unfortunately they had come up short and that seems to be the recurring team of Borussia Dortmund in the last four five years so we will come back to Borussia Dortmund and this whole decade as such and what they have been about but uh, I would like to touch upon uh, Bayern Munich as a club you know Bayern Munich as a club I mean the first thing that you think of Bayern Munich that comes to my mind at least is absolute dominance in Bundesliga here's a stat Bayern Munich have won 29 league titles and the Bundesliga has been only around since 1962. Care to guess who has the second highest number of titles? Um, Probably Mönchengladbach. Yes, yes. And uh, it's five. Well, <laughs> Borussia <no>. Mönchengladbach <laughs> and uh, Borussia Dortmund have five apiece. It's a no contest, so it isn't it? It's an lot. absolute no contest <laughs> no in the Bundesliga. We enter, no it, contest, we enter yeah. year upon year in the Bundesliga. And we see the might of Bayern Munich. This is a club that has seven, eight times the commercial revenue of its nearest competitor, which is Borussia Dortmund. And you, if you look at the the difference in scale between how Bayern operate and how a team like SC Freiburg operate, they're completely different yes. worlds. And there's no competition yes. in the sense that, yeah, you might have a freak season where like 2018-19, Bayern didn't play as well, but they still won the hmm. league. So essentially, unless a superpower or, you know, a big outside bit of influence enters the Bundesliga, uh, we don't see Bayern getting stopped. And of course, we're going to come on to Borussia Dortmund. And I personally feel that this could be the best chance for Borussia Dortmund to actually change the uh, title in their, their direction. This season? Yeah, of course. No, I, I, I'll, I'll provide I... my reasons in a bit. But uh, in terms of how Bayern are looking for or uh, looking to build upon the success last season, we mustn't forget that again, until November, they're pretty poor, until they sack Niko Kovac. And in, in a sense, it's kind of like, you know, it almost feels like a last dance for many of the Bayern players, for Thomas Muller, for Lewandowski. I just don't see them, you know, competing the same level that they did this season because I just feel they have a big X marked on their heads and I think clubs are co- going to come for them. In I just house. think that, that that X has been marked upon by Munich as a club in Germany for such a long time. I just think they're used to it. And uh, I just don't agree with that because I just think personally... Right now, looking at the blend of youth that's coming in, into the team, the players around the age of 20 to 23, along with the stalwarts like Thomas Muller, Robert Lewandowski, I think they are primed again to just push on for the next two, three years and kind of retain the title. At least at the minimum, Bayern should be winning the next two, three league titles in a row. I think that's a bare minimum, isn't it? The requirements are to win the domestic title at the very 100%. least. And it's interesting to see what they do with their squad. They've obviously added Leroy Sané to the ranks. A fantastic signing for Hmm. them. Thiago's chosen to join Liverpool, which opens up a position in midfield for the talented Frenchman Michael Cuisance. We could see him making a big breakthrough this season. The questions remain in defence, however, because David Alaba is unsure whether he wants to stay at Bayern long term. Uh, they've made the big signing, 72 million euros spent on Lucas Hernandez. He still hasn't, you know, lived up to the potential. They found Alfonso Davis in the middle of last season and he turned out to be one of the best left-backs in Europe, uh, considering last year's form. I mean, he has usurped Lucas Hernandez, right? I, think I don't think there's any way Lucas back at left-back for Lucas Hernandez. The only way I could see it is if he gets more starting berths this season and probably Alaba leaves the club. Uh, at the end of the season. Again, the, you have the questions about whether Jerome Boateng can actually persist at this level for another season and whether they'll have to bring in another right-back so that Benjamin Pavard can move into the centre-back role. There are a lot of questions to be answered if you look into it a year or two down the line. But at the moment, like you said, it seems like they're a very settled unit. It's only a question of whether the other teams can match them. 
we're talking about the Dortmunds and Leipzig which we'll come on to in a bit the thing i'm most worried about is the fact that hansi flick of course i think it's i think it's very easy for people to see that they have been employing a high line of defense very risky and extremely risky we saw by munich uh, being exploited by psg in the uh, in the final a couple of times as well as lyon in the semi finals due to their usage of the high line press so i think uh, hansi flick might have a decision to be made there and of course i think he needs to make the decision of whether to play joshua kimmich at right back or in midfield allowing benjamin pavard like you said to move back into central defense and uh, yes i think it's going to be interesting to see whether jerem boateng kind of keeps up the performances that he had uh, that he had especially since restart because a lot of people started to write him off at the start of the season i don't know if you remember because there was talks about him leaving the club Thomas Muller leaving the club and obviously this is during the Niko Kovac rule so i think Hansi Flick needs to be given a lot of credit especially when it comes when it has come to his man management because clearly he has got these experienced pros on his side and has got them performing to a level that they've been used to for the last couple of years so credit to him I've been wanting to talk about Borussia Dortmund uh, <laughs> the last 10 minutes or so I've really wanted to expand upon why I think they have the best chance mm. of winning the Bundesliga Please. title and you've already stuck your reservations on it but here are my reasons right the this is a team you could say that has a very good mix of youth and experience okay. you have a back five which is very experienced you have the likes of Mats Hummels in center and center defense you have uh, Lucas Piszczek who's leaving the club at the end of the season a cult hero for many huh. uh, operating defense Roman Burki is a solid keeper you have Thomas Munier tried and tested right wing back playing for them you have Rafael Guerrero who had a fantastic second half of the season and of course you have great midfield stalwarts you have Emre Can who joined the club in January Axel Witzel who's been a revelation since joining the club and in front of them is the main question now you look at the talent that they have you know those front four four front five positions you think about the the other teams in the bundesliga they probably have the best attacking five hmm. alongside bayern munich of course hmm. but the question remains as to whether marco royce can keep fit whether jaden sancho can keep fit can they get the best out of julian brandt like they did in the after the restart and if they do if they take all these boxes and they keep marco royce and axel witzel fit who were missing for most of the last campaign I really think they can win the league and I'm not just saying it because I love the Dortmund sides under Klopp and I've always supported them since I genuinely feel they have a chance of it what do you think um see of course I think it's kind of become a trend that Borussia Dortmund has become everybody's second team I think a lot of it also has to do with the atmosphere and the aura that surrounds this club we of course know the famous yellow wall at Westfalen stadion which has become such a big thing all over the world that people kind of travel iconic. to germany iconic absolutely iconic people travel there just to experience the intimidating yet arousing nature of that stadium and i think uh, yeah it's become a thing for people to have dortmund as their second team that team that they kind of support on the side like when they watch the bundesliga games or if they are participating in the champions league and i do like this team i mean Jaden Sancho I I don't think uh, a lot I don't think most people expected him to burst onto the stage like he did once he moved to Borussia Dortmund from Manchester City clearly City have lost an absolute gem he has just picked on season after season I think if I'm not wrong he scored 20 goals and gave 20 assists last season which is phenomenal returns for a 21 year old and of course they have the younger Hazard 
Thorgan Hazard who's playing off the left and he's been quite successful playing in this team and we all know who they bought during the January transfer window who is on his way to becoming one of the premier names in world football Erling Brot Holland he has just absolutely burst onto the stage this season especially before this with uh, Salzburg and uh, yeah like you said you've touched upon the team and i do think the team is very good but my main problem with Borussia Dortmund is that they just seem to not have the depth in squad year after year i think their fr- their their starting 11 their main 11 is absolutely exceptional in the sense that on their day they can perform against any given team but i do think that but we just have a look at the bench will mm. you i think this season is very interesting because they have a lot of youngsters warming the bench and these are not you know the youngsters that have come in for the first season you have the likes of giovanni reina who played the latter end of last season you have the new signing uh, reina jesus uh, the brazilian on the bench you have the likes of mahmud dahoud who's probably a starter for other bundesliga clubs apart from bayern and dortmund he has been course. highly rated He's on the bench as well that's for sure yes yeah and it, it just begs the question as to whether you know the like you said the main 11 is pretty fantastic if you look at the prospects of them if they play week in week out marco royce hasn't been fit for more than 20 games in the last four or five seasons i haven't seen him play yeah i mean he is again a player that everyone loves but we need to see him playing a full season and if he plays a full season we know that the value he has to that team and but uh, but yeah. the, but that's the thing right but that's the thing like like the depth is there in the sense that they do have players who clearly have talent jude bellingham who has joined Borussia Dortmund as well so they do have that depth in squad but when i say depth in this depth in squad in sense do the do do these players have the experience to come on and uh, see out a game or to come on and chase the game and score that one or two goals and actually win those games where they're not exactly playing well but then they still they still somehow find a way to win it and that's what title te- title winning teams do and i just do i just look at it and i'm thinking bayern munich also have incredible depth in their squad but at the same time the squad has title winning experience and i think that's going to be key when it comes to the season because my personal opinion is that more and more the way football has changed it becomes a bit more difficult to win the league than to win a knockout competition because of the fact that you have to perform over a stretch of 38 games and play each team well, twice. Bundesliga, it's of only course, 34 games. Bundesliga, it's, it? it's only 34 because <laughs> they have 18 teams there. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, I just do think that the experience is going to count at the end of the day for Bayern Munich and I just don't see any way that they don't retain the title this season. But, of course, it's going to be very interesting to see what Borussia Dortmund do because, like I say, they play free-flowing football, easy on the eye football and I think for any neutral out there who wants to watch bundesliga football i think you just need to start watching borussia dortmund games and the way that they attack and press i think you just want to see bundesliga football at the end of the day well, after that yeah i think we should stress upon um you know the fact that lucien favre the manager he hasn't won the title in the two years that he's been at the helm he's obviously produced very attacking sides but again he's in the last year of his contract we don't know when they get to january whether the players will want to play for him or what his mindset is But again, we'll see what Dortmund do. Um, now, coming on to Rasenballsport Leipzig. Do you know what Rasenballsport means, by any chance? <laughs> Rasenballsport. Uh, isn't it the reason that they put Rasenballsport? Because, of course, they couldn't put Die Rottenbull, which is Red Bull in yeah, German. It's, it's, a, it's a very creative or rather uncreative way of getting around thing. the rules. <laughs> you know, yes, of course. I mean, I mean uh, 
RB Leipzig. What is the first thing that does come to your mind though when you think about RB Leipzig? Rotten Bull. <laughs> rotten Bull. And why is it why do you say Rotten Bull? Because they do not respect the 50 plus 1 rule. 50 plus 1 rule. Coming to the 50 plus 1. What is the 50 plus 1 rule? Why are we talking about the 50 I mean, plus 1 rule? I mean, I think um the 50 plus 1 rule has been one of the biggest attractive points for Bundesliga when it comes to football viewers. Um football in germany is the biggest sport that there is a lot of these te- towns in german have their own football teams and we need to remember that the bundesliga was formed relatively uh, late compared to the other big leagues like the english league the spanish league or the serie and um, the 50 plus 1 rule basically what it states is that the members of said clubs in order to get a license to play in the bundesliga or in the bundesliga 2 they need to make sure that the members of the club retain the voting rights retain the majority uh, voting power in the in the club as in 50 plus 1 and that there can be no external investor who has majority of the voting power in the club uh so do you want to do you care to uh, expand upon that for the viewers out here it's it's quite interesting because the rule allows the fans to have a big say they're almost like the shareholders of the club and you cannot take them off the perch unless of course an owner has had an interest in the club for more than 20 years which is why you have a historic case of bayer leverkusen being owned by bayer pharmaceuticals if i'm not mistaken and wolfsburg owned by volkswagen which formed the club in the intention of their employees going to represent the company on the football pitch. So these are two clubs that have obtained the uh, 50 plus 1 exemption and essentially the companies are bankrolling the club. Uh, just just to touch upon the fact that uh, the reason why these two teams kind of got the exemption is that in German in German football there is a rule that if you are not an outside investor but you're still a conglomerate that you've invested in the club you need to be with the club for over at least a period of 20 years in order to show your uh commitment to the area because when it comes to owning or when it comes to investing in the club you just don't invest in the club and the staff you invest within the community within the town that the club is a part of so that's the reason why i was just going to come out of hoffenheim yeah. there but like like you mentioned uh investing in the city i've heard from a few german friends of mine that leipzig does not invest in the city <laughs> <laughs> so surprise, it's quite surprise. contentious but anyway moving on to hoffenheim which we wanted to you know pull this together with leipzig because they're kind of the same case in the sense that fans don't like them and in the case of hoffenheim it stems from their owner dietmar hop who also founded by the way he also founded sap the global company which bankrolls millions and millions and billions a year in revenue um <laughs> he used to play for the youth academy at uh, hoffenheim and decided to be- decided to buy the club essentially before 1998 now before 98 Bundesliga clubs were run as a not not for profit entity then after 98 he retained that ownership of course and since he completed the 20 years like you mentioned he became you know he could get exemption from the 50 plus 1 rule now what irritates fans more than the fact that he's got that you know the 50 plus 1 um exemption is the fact that he has regularly riled up the fans op- opposition fans we're talking about Borussia Dortmund fans were banned from Hoffenheim's ground for i think two seasons For me it's a very interesting interesting way of going about the future of football for Germany they've restated that they want to continue the 50 plus 1 while a lot of people see it as you know something that is meant for back in the day and it's not really representative of modern football what do you think about that um i've heard both sides of the argument 
like if you listen to people who are pro 50 plus 1 rule and these are especially german supporters they say that this is the identity of german football because in german football first and foremost of course fans everywhere are the the dna of clubs but in german football it seems just that much more than other places and in germany the price tickets are at at such extraordinary cheap prices when you compare it to the prices in the premier league or the la league or the serie a or even la liga for that matter um it's a very important uh, facet for it because at the end of the day they feel that it's right for every person in german football in germany to be able to go and watch a game sit and have a beer and enjoy the football of the team that they support without worrying about the financial constraints and they feel that if there were to be outside investment coming in then the aim of the clubs would start to become profit oriented so then they will start increasing the prices and then if you do see that the increase of prices for one club increases and then it just generates even more revenue which kind of leads to more investment in the team and hence better performances other teams will fall, uh, start to follow suit and that's that's the main contentious point for german football fans and at the same time there are people also in germany who kind of feel that it has been a very outdated method and that there needs to be a certain amount of foreign investment put into the club in order to increase the spending power and the financial power of the clubs in german football in order to ensure that they can compete at the very top with other european superpowers as well and uh, my personal opinion of that is that the charm of german football may be lost especially right now when you look at rb leipzig rb leipzig they finished they came in the semi finals of the champions league and any other season like take for example in our previous podcast we spoke about league 1 for the first time two french teams finishing in the semi finals uh, uh, playing in the semi finals was that not a fantastic achievement for france and was it not widely heralded by the Fran- french press that both teams made it to the semi finals could you not see the drastic difference when it came to the media in germany where they praised by munich and they said that they go they don't go recognize the they just don't recognize rb leipzig as a club it's almost yeah, like red bull is what they see <laughs> and not rb leipzig i mean coming back to the dietmar hop situation in on feb 2020 uh, we saw what happened between uh, by munich and hoffenheim by munich unfurled an offensive banner aimed at uh, hoffenheim owner dietmar hop and it resulted in the game to be suspended with less than 15 minutes remaining so that became a huge contentious issue so you can see that fans of other clubs do not like what's happening with that because they identify with german football as being you know the basis of it being the 50 plus 1 rule where the fans are the most important thing and it should not change but at the same time credit needs to be given because rb leipzig have made it to the champions league semi final what they have been in existence for what a matter of 10 11 years so i think credit needs to be given there but at the same time i just think it's a very contentious debate and a contentious topic and i just don't know what to make of it yeah like you mentioned fans are so important uh, in the bundesliga and even more so important this weekend because we have a uh, 20% capacity at the monchen gladbach and the bremen game um this weekend great news to hear our predictions on what we look in the coming season just stay tuned after the short break just before we start our predictions for the bundesliga this season i uh, just wanted to ask you a quick question what do josh sargent jaden sancho jan feter up ozan kabak polinio have in common the answer is very close to home 
when you say close to do you mean the fact that they all played in the under 17 world cup of course in india <laughs> well they were in front of our eyes where do we why didn't we see them <laughs> i swear i mean when the I, i don't know if you remember this but when it was announced that uh, the under 17 fifa world cup was going to take place in our very own country i was pretty excited about it but then i was looking around and i was like okay people didn't even know that the under 17 world cup was happening and it's my dream to see the world cup being hosted in india can you just imagine the absolute scenes but yeah i guess that's like a whole different topic for of a course day. we still I dream on yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> going back to a more serious note about what we think will transpire for certain teams in the bundesliga uh we've spoken about bayern and dortmund extensively um what do you think about leipzig prospects having sold uh, timo werner to chelsea and of course they've lost patrick schick as well in the front line but they've managed to keep hold of diopa makano and uh, i i've loved the way their midfield is flowing you know you have sabitzer you have enkunku and pretty nice to watch i mean you look at tyler adams as well the american uh, who's a very versatile player who shined with the winner against atletico they madrid they also signed angelino angelino a fantastic a signing transfer. again What do you think? Where where are they going to finish this season? Do you think they're going to challenge along with Dortmund and Bayern for the title, or do you see them slipping because um, of no Werner? I do think that they will finish in the top four. I I am pretty certain they'll finish in the top four. And when you look at this team, uh, the way the the way that they have also built their team and squad as well, I wouldn't be surprised if they have one or two breakout youngsters this season as well. They've almost designed the club in order to ensure that there's at least one breakout star each season. and it's going to be interesting to see whether Dio Okamakano kind of stays in RB Leipzig by the end of the transfer window which we know is not yet which is open for at least for the next uh, two weeks minimum and uh, yeah Manchester United have been linked with Dio Okamakano for quite some time now and it's it's going to be a extremely potent partnership with Okamakano uh, and Harry Maguire fingers crossed it doesn't hope personally i hope it doesn't happen i don't think it'll happen but uh, <laughs> i hope it doesn't happen but that'd be a fantastic team with Okamakano who's an exceptional center back right now we obviously saw what he did in the champions league and they have ibrahim konate as well who i think has kind of flown under the radar because he has been quite uh, exceptional as well for RB Leipzig this season and of course they have Marcel Sabitzer who has been quietly going around doing his business in the center of midfield and Christopher Nkunku who has kind of broken on to the stage this season because if you look at it he was kind of cast away by PSG Unai Emery when he was at Arsenal during his ill-fated spell oh i cannot forget that but <laughs> when he wanted to buy Nkunku a lot of play a lot of uh, english media people were like who's this player like why do you want him clearly <laughs> and that was one of the few things when i really got right because he's been quite good for rb leipzig this season and we of course danny olmo is there as well and uh, i just i i'm just uh, excited to see the youngsters that they employ in the starting 11 this season because i want to see a couple of more breakout players in that team and we all know julian nagelsman whose reputation has been growing season after season and let's not forget i think he's just he's still mid 30s he's not even 38 33 my god so they of course have a young squad along with a young manager who's got bright new exciting bold attacking ideas for the football that they want to employ so yeah rb leipzig just as a <laughs> individual standpoint of view for those german fans who are listening right now it's i think they're going to have a very good season in german football The team that finished fourth last season, briefly, what do you think Mönchengladbach can achieve this season? Mönchengladbach, one of the sleeping giants, you can say, in 
Bundesliga because of the fact that they have the second joint, second highest number of titles at five apiece with uh, Borussia Dortmund. Um, they do have a solid team. I would say my favorite player in this team has to be Marcus Thuram. He has been exceptional. His his immense blend of dribbling, pace, and power, cutting off from the left. He has been an absolute beast along with... Along with, I think, along with Alisson Player. I think the two of them have formed the most lethal front-two partnership in the Bundesliga. And uh, I think it was after the restart because I remember they were leading the table until December, I think, last season. And it was only after the injury to uh, one of them. I think it was Thurum who was first injured. Then Player got injured subsequently. That caused a big dent in their attacking hopes. But then I think defensively and in terms of the midfield... They have a very solid and settled lineup. Then the Champions League again, so they'll have to balance that with the league. But just on pure quality on and the fact that the other teams around them have weakened in the sense, I see them finishing the top four. My pick, my surprise package for the season is going to be Hertha Berlin. Hertha Berlin. Um, mm. A club again, which is looking to expand and you know kind of break into the top four uh, in the next couple of seasons. They, of course, they had the circus regarding the managers last season when uh, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann was only the, at the helm for, I think, 70 days. And they had to bring back the veteran of Bundesliga management, Bruno Labbadia. Very, um, you know, nice character to watch in the touchline. <laughs> but they have made some important acquisitions. You know, they've signed Lucas Toussart from Lyon. If you've ever followed uh, Lyon the last couple of years, he's been pivotal for them. And it's a very, you know, kind of under-the-radar under signing. They have Matthias Cunha, who they signed from RB Leipzig, who just watching him after the restart, he was fantastic. He any Anytime the ball came to his feet, you know something was going to happen. Christoph Piantek, the AC Milan freak, uh, has uh, signed a permanent deal as, there, as well. And they've even added the likes of John Cordoba, who was good for um, FC Cologne last season. I mean, Christoph Piantek coming to Hertha Berlin. Of course, we all know he kind of burst onto the scene quite nicely. And then it kind of tailed off when he was at AC Milan. So it's going to be interesting to see what he, whether he can kind of recapture the form that had him being coveted by the likes of Tottenham Hotspur also as one time. Coming to another team that has been under a little bit of scrutiny, not of course not as much compared to Hoffenheim and uh, RB Leipzig, Bayer Leverkusen. Of course, we know how Bayer Leverkusen are. They are kind of the season veterans when it comes to finishing around the third and fourth position playing in the Champions League and then sometimes in the European League, but always around the 6th, 7th, minimum to 6th to 3rd position that they kind of fill. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Bayer Leverkusen this season? I, I think it'll be a very good season if they manage to finish around 6th or 6th or 7th because they've lost Kai Havertz, they've lost Kevin Forland, who are their key players when it comes to scoring goals. They still have a lot of talents like uh, Leon Bailey, Musa Diaby, um, Edmund Tapsoba, who emerged in defence. Patrick Schick this season. He's They've added fantastic. Patrick Schick, yes. They've added Patrick Schick as well to the ranks. I think 6th and 7th is, you know, agreeable in the sense that the impact of losing Havertz is that the other players have to step up. And these are young players that you're asking to step up. You even have the 17, 17-year-old, uh, I think, Florian Wirtz, who scored against Bayern on his debut. Uh, he was, he's another, you know, the next Kai Havertz they build, bud him up to be in, Le- in Leverkusen. But again, I think around 6th or 7th is where I see them finishing. 6th and 7th? Oh, I think they might just do a little bit better than that. I do see them competing for maybe in 5th or maybe even 4th. But yes, it's going to be a difficult season for the teams below the first 2-3 teams, which I think are going to be Bayern Munich, 
Borussia Dortmund and I am going to go with RB Leipzig. I think beneath that it's going to be very interesting to see because it's not going to be much of a difference between the 4th position and the 8th position in my opinion. You're a big advocate of Bayern holding the title this season and like I've mentioned, I genuinely feel Dortmund have a big chance. So I'm going to go with the bold prediction that Borussia Dortmund are going to win the Bundesliga this season. And subsequently, I think Sancho, Erling Haaland, Giovanni Reyna, um, maybe maybe even Thorgan Hazard and Julian Brandt, I think four or five of them will leave the club. That's my prediction. I think Bayern are going to implode halfway through the season. I think there's going to be questions about their lack of motivation, having conquered everything the past season. Um, and of course, after that, I see maybe Leipzig, of course, keeping their run of finishing the top four. And my surprise package would be Hertha Berlin for fourth spot. What is your top four? Hertha Berlin for fourth spot. Uh, give me also your uh, potential standout breakthrough player of the season for Bundesliga. Um, I'm going to say Matthias Cunha for Hertha Berlin. Hmm. Like I mentioned, I think the team is going to do well. And I think he's going to be the main, you know, the driving force of the progression of that team. I still feel he's a mercurial talent. The way he can do things on the ball when he gets it is quite special when we're talking about the Bundesliga. So I think he's going to be, you know, one of the players to watch out for and maybe he would get a transfer to a bigger club next season. Interesting. Listen, viewers, you heard it first from Shreyas. Remember that. <laughs> Remember that. And for me, I'm going to go with uh, Bayern Munich. I just can't see past them. And uh, oh, You're I so boring. Leave. You're so I, boring. I know. They do it what every to year. Do? What to do? I do. Listen, as an Arsenal fan, I've been at the end of uh, several uh, nice beatings from them. <laughs> and I just think that they are masters at knowing when to change and chop their squad up fantastic, uh, in a fantastic way. And I think that they, they, they know how to maintain their position at the top. Of course, I would love to see Borussia Dortmund doing well this season. I do hope they win it. Uh, but I just don't see it being past uh, Bayern Munich retaining the title this season. Um, I think it will be Bayern Munich, uh, Borussia Dortmund. I think RB Leipzig will finish third. I think Julian Nagelsmann is going to be a fantastic manager. I think he's going to go to the absolute top. And I'm going to go for Borussia Mönchengladbach in fourth. For me, I think Marcus Thuram, he's, he's not exactly a youngster anymore as such, but... I think Marcus Thuram is going to stand out this season. I think he's going to attract the interest of bigger clubs and I think he's going to make a move at the end of the 2021 season. I do I do expect a big a lot of big things from him because to see that blend of physicality, height and brilliant technical and dribbling skills that he has, I think it's a very very deadly combination and I do expect quite a lot of things from him. So the Bundesliga is back and we've previewed, you know, what our surprise predictions are in many ways of uh, who's going to finish in the picking out in the Bundesliga. Looking forward to this weekend, which which is the weekend where Bundesliga returns. Of course, by the time you hear this on Friday, Bayern will be facing Schalke tonight. And on Saturday, we have uh, the return of VFP Stuttgart back to the Bundesliga after one season out. We also have the blockbuster game that is Borussia Dortmund against Borussia Mönchengladbach. Promises to be a lot of goals in that, doesn't it? It's going to be a fantastic game to watch. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of goals in that one. Then, of course, on Sunday, we have a couple of games. We have the Leipzig-Mainz game, which again should be a processional victory for RB Leipzig. And we round off the game week with Wolfsburg facing Bayer Leverkusen at home. Um, hope that you enjoyed listening to us. We hope that you got 
you know, a bit more of um, excitement in your belly that Bundesliga is back. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our views on this whole podcast. And Yeah, as usual, your feedback has been fantastic from those you've listened. And we hope that you continue to provide us with this feedback so that we can keep getting better and better as the weeks progress. For now, it's Auf Wiedersehen and we hope to see you next week. Goodbye.